All right. Welcome, everybody, to another expert interview. Uh, really excited to have Aaron on with us today. I'm sure he's going to share some great content with us. So uh, let's jump into it. Aaron, do you want to tell everybody who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, so I'm Aaron Ware. I'm with Aware Benefits. Uh, I do health insurance, right? Anything from individual plans, Medicare plans, on up to group employee benefits. Uh, I can do the medical, dental, vision, and a lot of the ancillaries, accident plans, disability plans, so on and so forth. Awesome. Well, thanks for making time for us today, Aaron. Appreciate you being on. Um, I know we've been friends and done business together for years. Uh, let's start with trends. Can you, can you talk to me about some trends that are happening in your industry? What are you seeing? What are some things that maybe people should be aware of? Well, I think the biggest thing um, that we're seeing on the group benefits side uh, is people can't find employees. And the ones that can't find them can't keep them. I talked to a company uh, two days ago. It's a small little contracting company. They have eight employees. And they called me to look into put, to providing employee health insurance because they're losing three of those employees to other companies that do provide benefits. So it's, uh, it's a struggle out there for a lot of companies just to, just to keep staff. And I think that's, uh, that's a difficult side. And then of course, on the individual side, um, that's not really a, it's not really something that trends so much. Uh, people see a commercial and then remember that they have to have life or health insurance. And then they see another commercial or they go to the hospital and come back. But on the group side, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of struggle out there to get people and to keep people. I love that. I'm glad that you brought that up. I've heard that from a lot of different directions that either on the recruiting side, it's hard to find them. And on the retention side, it's hard to keep them. Um, so speaking about that, I, I mean, aren't benefits expensive? Like, isn't this something that a small business just can't afford? No, they're really not that expensive. Um, for the most part, they're all gonna be uh, age rated. So yeah, if you have an older population, you're gonna be expected to pay a little bit more. But if you look at the cost of, of uh, attracting a new employee, I read a, a study once a couple of years ago that it's something like 14% of their annual salary. So. $30,000 guy is going to be 4,000 bucks. And that was then you're shaking your head. No, like it's more money now. Probably. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, it's true though. It costs a lot yeah. to get them. So if you can get it, if you can get uh, your share of the, of the employee's benefits down to about 200, 250 bucks, then, you know, you're saving yourself a lot of time. You're not spending that much money. Um, and on the group side, we can find really good plans and, and, come up with some really interesting ways to, to save the, save the group money, save the company money. That's awesome. I'm glad you said that because I, I think that is something people don't understand is there are a lot of options, right? So don't just be scared by the price tag, actually get in, talk to someone who understands the industry and, and see if you could find some value for your business, your employees and your setup. Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, you know, it's, that's the other thing too, is when you come out of the gate asking about the price, a lot of times you, you get scared off. But if you sit down with somebody like myself that can uh, develop a plan for you, my whole goal is to save you money. I'm typically paid a flat rate per member. So, you know, if I can, if I can make you happier, then I'm going to keep you. 
Perfect. When it comes to someone talking to a benefits broker, what are some things they should consider, right? I know everybody's not equal and I know personalities, but, but if I'm going to go talk to a benefits broker, what are some questions I might want to ask or things I should consider when having those conversations? Well, I think you want to make sure that, um, the, uh, that they're contracted with as many carriers as possible. There's really not anybody out there that's contracted with everyone. Um, you have to talk to them a little bit about their current book of business, you know, maybe see what industries they know the most about um, and grill them a little bit about compliance. And a lot of times it helps you to get one or two of the, the booby traps that are out there from the federal government, like the Department of Labor, learn about those. And then when you ask the broker, if he doesn't know about it or she doesn't know about it, well, they're probably not going to be able to serve you very well. Um, and then also focus on um, brokers that want to put together a plan, right? Rather than just sell you medical insurance, they're maybe looking at, can we sell you a plan with a higher deductible, but add in an accident plan and cut the overall cost and get more benefits? Something like that. Somebody who's going to put some thought and some engineering into your plan. Um, and then finally, the reality of it is, Personality is a huge part, right? You mean, this is somebody that you're going to communicate with and something that's really important to your business, your employees, right? Like this is how you make money. You want to make sure that that broker is somebody that you can communicate with and the employees can communicate with and that it's a pleasant experience. You're paying this money to market your business to the employees. And you want that broker to help you do that. You want that broker to make you look good. So I like that tip at the end, right? That's the part we don't think about is that someone's got to enroll everybody and that broker you choose is your partner now, right? They're your partner in getting that enrollment done and actually communicating with your employees and onboarding them. And yeah, that's a part I think is missed, right? Because we're so focused on the front end, not necessarily the back end. Right, right, exactly. And a lot of times, and I hear this a lot from my from my groups, um, and it's sort of become one of my uh, talking points is, I always say HR, uh, your human resources department, whether you have a full department or a single person that's also your bookkeeper, your HR department is not really just a compliance department. That's sort of the busy work that they have to do to keep you compliant. What they are is they are a marketing department. And their job is exactly that. You want your employees to buy in. And HR can, can, can ruin you when it comes to that, uh, or they can make you a star. And choosing your, your broker, whether it's for health insurance or, or you know, maybe your retirement plans, anything like that, you want to find somebody that's, that's on board with that, that's going to help you get those employees to buy in. Sweet. What are some of the auxiliary benefits that people may just want to ask questions about, you know, just, just maybe a quick overview. I know there's some we've talked about that I was like, oh, I didn't know that was an option or just what, what are some of those key triggers maybe people should do some research on? Well, a lot of the plans out there, um, the ancillary plans or the supplement plans uh, are, are really pretty cool because one of my personal favorites is a really tiny plan. It's uh, an accident plan. It typically pays about or costs about $20 a month to do. But when you have an accident plan, you can actually buy a cheaper medical plan with a higher deductible because most people, 
even even some of our uh, older people in the workforce, they're not likely to use those services except during an accident. So, um, and those plans will will cover you 24 hours a day, on the job, off the job, um, and help offset some of those deductible costs. Or I hey, I had to go to the emergency room and it was a thousand dollars, but my accident plan paid me 600. So, uh, so it really saved me a lot of money. Short-term uh, disability is an, another tiny plan, if you will. Um, it's a plan that protects your paycheck, you know, and uh, if an employee is, is living paycheck to paycheck and they get hurt or they get sick, they need to have some money coming in. Um, so that's a great plan um, to do that. And, and there's others like critical illness, cancer plans, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Those are really great plans because they're cheap, but you get a lot of bang for the buck, you know? Um, and this is another place the broker can really help you, right? When renewal time comes around, I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with someone, uh, one of the employees and they're like, oh yeah, well, I, you know, I, I broke my ankle skiing and I'm like, well, did you file a claim, right? Did you get your money back? And, and about half the time we have to go back a couple months and, get it handled for them, but they remember it and they tell the other employees and uh, they have a, a more positive experience all the way around, right? Insurance doesn't become this expensive, negative, scary thing. It actually becomes something that helped them, which is what we're trying to do. Perfect. So it sounds like there's a lot of options. So it's not just, hey, let's go talk health insurance. It's, hey, let's look for all these other pieces of, of the puzzle, right? And that gets back to, you mentioned earlier, you want a broker who's gonna get creative, right? What, what's the best for my environment, my people? What's the best for me as a person, right? And how do we balance that out based on budget needs? Um, you know, at the end of the day, everyone can only afford so much, right? And right. at the end of the day, you should have certain stuff protected. So that's great, it's good to hear that. Um, what else in the, before we move to like business and general topics, anything else in the benefits healthcare world people should know, or you want them to know, or they should consider? Um, I really think that, that um, uh, I think it's really important that people understand that they can go find a broker. In my industry, um, there are very few uh, agents or companies that charge any kind of consulting fee. I don't charge a consulting fee. If you sign up for insurance through me, the insurance company pays me. So my services are completely free to you. So there's no reason at all to not go find a broker that's not going to charge you a consulting fee and sit down with you and help you make these choices because there's a lot of pieces that you're not going to understand, right? Uh, and it's, it, and I'm a big fan. I love this ask the expert thing because I'm a big fan of experts. You know, when it comes time for me to, to, to go do something, you know, like when I, when I went to buy a house, I get a realtor, right? I'm not going to do a for sale by owner or anything like that. I want to, I want an expert involved. Um, so, and you and I over the years have passed information like that back and forth, right? It's, it's when I need, uh, help with something I'm stuck in for as far as consulting goes, you're the guy I go to, right? So that's the thing. Um, you can usually find uh, a broker for no cost to you. That's great. I don't think that was mentioned. So thank you for mentioning that because, you know, it is the travel agent thing, right? I don't understand why you don't use a travel agents. Travel agents don't cost hey. you money, right? Like they do all the work 
and then the airline pays them. Like, perfect, great, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and when there's a problem, you have a person to go to, right? Try calling the airline. <laughs> yeah, try call try calling the internet, right? <laughs> like <laughs> it's so true, right? If the only number you can find is an 800 number, which on half these insurance sites now, I mean, you can't even find that. It's like either an online chat or an email me now. Like it's it, you know, and then you're just a number, right? You're not a name, there's no relationship. And I mean, that's something I think that's worth mentioning, right? Is like when you're hiring someone, right? Especially COVID, I think showed this in a pandemic, right? You want someone that you know, like, and trust and you can work with because you want to be able to pick up the phone and have a relationship-based conversation, not pick up the phone and be like, hey, Aaron, your customer number, uh, what was that? 103-698, cool. And what city are you in? Like, are you kidding? That person's going to have no good advice for you. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. You know, it's, it's always funny, right? So for, for security purposes, we need this information from you. You don't know who I am? <laughs> but there's no history, right? Like they have no depth to the relationship. So I, I, I like, I love the no cost thing. And then, yeah, that brings up the relationship part, which, you know, that that's something I think is completely invaluable, right? That's a part that, you know, they should advocate on your behalf. So I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So let's talk business. You, you know, you've had an interesting journey, right? You were, you, you've done quite a few different careers and quite a few different industries. You were a producer in another house you've broken off and now you've got your own business, which is awesome. Congrats on that move. Um, what's, what's the number one tip you would give to a professional or a business owner who's just looking to either get started or take business to the next level? What's that business tip you would give them? Show up. Right. So way back when, when I first started in, in uh, health insurance, the week I was licensed was the week I met you. And uh, you, you were given a talk um, at a breakfast meeting and, and your talk was how to network. And I had never had to network before in my life. Uh, and you came up to me and you said, do meetings. I do 20 meetings a week. And I'm like, man, I don't know 20 people, right? <laughs> like, yeah, how many can I do with you? <laughs> um, what I didn't understand and what I came to understand is that it almost doesn't matter who you meet with, right? It just, just, it, it's like, if you weren't in, if you weren't in my uh, area, I would be the easiest person to get a coffee meeting with. But since you're here, I can't do that. Um, but show up, show up at the networking events, show up at the events that, you, that where you're going to meet people and connect with people and make those connections. Um, I tell a lot of people, um, you know, I, I'm not necessarily the smartest or best businessman in the room, but my business has been more successful than a lot of them, um, especially in my industry, because I'm consistent and I show up. So, and you really can't hold the gym against me the last couple of days, but other than that. Hey, don't worry, I wasn't there either, so. But no, I think I, I appreciate that feedback. And, you know, I love, I love hearing that story. And I love telling that story, right? Just about kind of where we met and how that the growth happens. And I think the other side of your, your show up is, you know, don't judge a meeting, right? Don't judge a networking event. Don't judge a meeting. Don't, don't have an agenda. Just show up. I think show up sums it up perfectly, right? You just need to be in the room because I've gotten clients and deals and referral partners and long-term relationships out of stuff that I thought was useless. Like you show up at a networking event and there's three people, 
Well, guess what? You're going to have more intimate conversations. I've also gone to events that have 200 people and they seem like a waste, but you get the one business card and you make a relationship. Again, just take meetings. Yeah. And I, and I want to emphasize that on the other side of your show up is like, look, don't, so many people have an agenda, right? Like I have to meet this person. I've got to accomplish this in my meeting. Like, you know what? Why don't you just sit down and listen, right? Use the ear to mouth ratio and let's go ahead and like get to know some people and let's be there, right? And I think you've done that phenomenally, right? You're you're part of a networking group, right? So you're part of BNI, you're you're active in the community. You've got some friend circles you're plugged into. So, I mean, you're you're intentionally putting yourself in positions to show up. And I mean, it shows, right? Your business has grown um, enough to the point where you have the confidence to go out and start your own brokerage. So that that's great advice, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big one, you know, and there's so many benefits to it. Um, you know, it's, I remember going to a, an early networking mixer early in my career and um, man, I just walked in. I'm like, I don't know a single person here. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I kind of got over myself. I was like, you know, every single person is here because they want my card, because they want to meet me, just like I'm here because I want to meet them, right? Um, and if you show up enough times, you get that confidence. So where you can walk into a room, you can walk into a room, I can walk into a room in the Bay Area and find somebody and meet somebody, uh, which was not how I was before, right? So uh, your business is going to grow, but you're going to grow personally. Uh, and you're going to find uh, some really, really great friends and great people out there. So I love that too, right? I, I think maybe it's worth talking about that friend piece for a second, you know, is, and I know I give this talk a lot and this will be part of my online classes is, you know, hey, when we're out there networking, let's not just chase clients, right? Let's not just go out with the intention of finding the person who can write a check and, and be a client. Let's pay attention to all the other opportunities, whether it's channel partners, referral partners, vendors. Uh, connectors, right? So people who have power networks, you need them in your network, you know, or friends, right? That's the part I think we miss is like, we're all humans. So if we have common interests and we have the ability to build true relationships and bonds, those are actually the relationships that are going to last the longest and be the most fruitful, right? Because that's your power list where you call when shit goes sideways, whether it's personally or professionally, that's the list you call, right? So you know, I think we got to pay attention to that because you never know where one of those friendships will come from, right? Ours was born at a networking event at a church, what, nine, 10 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that's not, you don't write that down, right? That's not like, oh, here's my intention today, right? Um, so I love that. I love hearing that. Now that you broke off and you start your own brokerage, what's what's been the biggest challenge as you've moved out on your own and you're doing your own thing? What's the one or two things that you're like, dang, I've had to really overcome this or it's something that you're still fighting? Uh, paperwork. You know, it, I mean, it really does come down to, uh, there's so many things that, that you don't know, especially like in my position, my, uh, I was an independent broker, but my job was really to go out and build my book of business. And I had a lot of backend support. Uh, the company that I was with, I still work with them um, in a lot of ways on a more of a partnership level, but that also means that I have to do a bunch of the paperwork. Um, but it's, you know, the other day um, I was talking to someone and they were talking about cybersecurity and I never really thought about cybersecurity. Um, but here I am running around with this laptop with like tons of HIPAA information on it. And I'm like, 
So, you know, so I, I go out and what did I do? I found an expert, you know, a guy that just sells commercial insurance. And he's like, I'm not going to just sell you cybersecurity. I'm going to sell you this plan. And the plan that he sold me contained cybersecurity and it was something stupid, like an extra $50 a year. So, all right. <laughs> um, so it's, it's all of those things that you don't know. And I think that that circles us back to what we were talking about a couple minutes ago, because I know who to go to. I know, you know, comes up with cybersecurity. I need to know somebody. Oh, here's a guy that I know, like I know, like, and trust. Right. And it was handled right then and there. So I think it's, it's, it's paperwork. Um, and then on the sales side, uh, I had a really good talk with a buddy of mine the other day who told me to um, stop looking at the closed business and pay attention to the funnel, right? <laughs> because you have, a, there's all of this noise out there in the world and a lot of it's negative or a lot of it's scary, especially in my industry. I mean, there, there are times when I think, geez, they're just going to take the whole industry away. Um, but if you are paying attention to building your funnel, making those connections, you're not going to have the time or energy to get into a space of fear. So I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and then finally, uh, you can have a great year and you can have a good month, but don't ever really have a great day. Like don't let it take you too high. Right. It was just a day. Some good things happened. But then that that way, the next day, you're not deflated if it doesn't turn out as great. Right. You want to look back over a longer span of time and and see the growth. I love that. I, I appreciate you being vulnerable. And I've always appreciated that about you. Right. Being open and honest. And, you know, it, it, it's great to hear that the paperwork side is, is very relevant. Right. A lot of people who who jump out paperwork. It, it can just be busy work too, right? No matter what that looks like, whether a realtor is part of a big real estate team and they jump off on their own, part of what hits them is like, man, there was team and support there that maybe I didn't fully value or yeah. maybe I understood it, but I didn't fully value what it would take to put that back together myself. Um, you know, how many softwares, how many subscriptions, how much other shit you have to put in place, right? So that's, right. it's great to hear that. And it's been interesting, like watching you grow because I hear some of that from you and it's like, oh, you know what? That is something that you just don't think about, right? Cybersecurity is interesting. That was my last call. I was talking to a commercial broker and she was saying that. She's like, hey, cybersecurity is something we're pushing right now. We're seeing a lot of those, you know, hacking where they lock their computer and they do this, that, and this. And, you know, so we want protection because at a minimum, if you have to buy a new computer, at least the insurance would pay for it and all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, that's good information to have, right? And again, thanks for having an expert you can talk to. Um, so I appreciate, I appreciate that feedback, uh, on the sales side totally makes sense, right? Like we, that's conversation sounds familiar, but right. The message there is control what yeah. you can control. Right. And I think that was a great takeaway from that conversation is like, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in closing the deal or, you know, focusing on the close metrics that we forget to just overwhelm the system with numbers. And at the end of the day, no matter what industry you're in, the numbers don't lie, right? Like if our close rate's 20%, we know our close rate's 20%. I'd rather focusing on add more to the funnel to get more out of it than trying to make my close rate go up because magically I, I met the right people, right? right. Um, and then to your point, highs and lows, man. I know I, I've, man, I've been on that roller coaster recently, right? It, it can be, as an entrepreneur, man, writing it up and writing it down every day, that <laughs> give you whiplash. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's good. And I think you got to have a support system there too. I think that's goes with the highs and lows, right? Is like have a partner or someone you can call that, that circle of five, right? That you can tap into and just say, Hey man, I want to share some successes. That way you can, you can celebrate the win in the moment and then have the same people you can call when you have a shitty meeting and can go, Hey man, something happened. I'd love to just vent and, you know, get that out of your mind, get it off your chest and then just move on to the next day. So that's great to hear. So talking just, you know, your life journey, man, you've done some cool stuff. You've been in all sorts of industries. You've landed where you've landed. Um, why do you get up and do what you do every day? Well, what's driving you? Um, well, it really dawned on me. Uh, when I started in this industry, I, I started with intention. I sat down to get health insurance from a broker um, and she told me how it worked. That was the broker I ended up uh, being a producer for. She told me how the industry worked and, and I and I said, I want to go do that. Um, it's important. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs maybe lose sight of what they do is important, right? So when I sit down with somebody who's maybe sick or has a chronic illness and they're looking at all these big, scary numbers and they don't understand it and can I find my doctor and all this, they're terrified. And by the time they're done with me, most of the time they're at ease and they understand what they need to understand. Um, they can use the product and they also know that they have somebody there. They have a lifeline. Uh, you know, what, what you do is important, right? You take businesses that are maybe not necessarily struggling, but they're plateauing, right? And they, they need to, they need to grow because we grow or die. Uh, and you're able to come in and you're able to make some shifts with them and, expand what they do. And then those businesses go on into the community and produce more for the community. I think that virtually every entrepreneur that I know in every industry uh, is doing important work and sometimes they lose sight of it. But that's what I, that's what I try to remember is I'm doing important work. My clients, I'm important to my clients. I'm important to the community. Uh, not intrinsically, because I'm not all that, but what I produce for the community is important. And I think that that's, I think that that's, that's the big deal. Whether you're doing, you know, even if you're um, the, the stereotypical stay-at-home mom who started a, a, a little MLM business, what you're doing is important. It's important to your family, but it's also important to the people that you're touching and impacting. You know, maybe you have a health product and, and you're able to help somebody uh, get more healthy and change their lives. Or you're doing a, a, a big business uh, like, you know, a placement service, right? An employee placement. I mean, that's huge, right? Like you're putting people to work. So what we do is important. And so what I do is important. And that keeps me getting up. Also, I like living indoors. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I mean, at the end of the day, we got to make money. But I think, I think you're right. Like, what's the why? You know, and, and that's a good conversation. Like, why did you start? Like, I think we can get so far down this path, you know, chasing something, which is fine, right? We have to. We have to wake up and, and pursue. But why did we start, right? And I think that the further you get down the path, sometimes that can become pretty blurry. Like, well, what am I actually doing here? Why am I there? And, 
you know, I think that and that's important, right? Like, what do you get up for? And, and having your friends tell you too. I mean, we've had conversations like that, like, dude, what, what the hell am I doing? And it's good uh-huh. to get that feedback of like, hey, let me remind you of the impact you're actually having and, and knowing that like, hey, yeah, the dollars come. But if you just do the impact correctly and you're ethical, you know, the business will grow. I, I love that, man. I love hearing that. I think that's phenomenal advice. Yeah, I've always I've always said since I started this business, uh, uh, my my mantra is, you know, if you help enough people, bags of money will fall out of the sky, hit you in the head, you know, and I came from a, a really different industry without getting into the weeds too much. It was basically a commodities broker and I didn't produce anything for anybody. I was an employee that uh, took a little bit of money as it swam by. And so getting back to my earlier point, because I couldn't find how it was important to other people, it certainly wasn't important to me. Um, But uh, my job was not to help people, you know, and I started to really despise people. And I realized uh, after my second year in this business, I remember I sat down with a client a particularly difficult client. They had a difficult case and a difficult personality. And um, I was able to get them squared away and, I, and, and help them out. And as he left, uh, I was in a coffee shop because I didn't have an office. And as he left, I realized that I like people again, right? So, um, and that goes back to that whole thing. What you do is important. And, and if you feel like you're having an impact, you get the warm and fuzzy and you have the space to like people again because uh, they're not cattle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's industries like that, you know? And I think I think there may be seasons where that makes sense, right? And I think a lot of people will have a season like that. But I think that at some point that season runs out because the fulfillment doesn't match the work or the money or a piece of it, right? The, the, the pieces don't fit together in a way that they damn sure fit together now, right? Where you're motivated to yeah. do what you do. You like waking up and going to, to work every day, right? But you're having an impact and you're building the future for you, for the family and the community. So love to hear right. that. Right. Awesome, man. Well, we're, we're buttoned up right on the edge of our time. So anything else? on a business, personal, professional level, any messages or anything that you would want someone to hear? Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on, man, and, get, and giving your time back and sharing some knowledge and wisdom. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with Aaron below this video, there'll be a form. You can go ahead and click that. Uh, it'll ask for your name and email. You can shoot Aaron a message. He'll get back to you and, and you guys can connect. Um, as he mentioned, willing to connect with anybody. So if you guys want to have a chat, I'm sure Aaron would love to get to know you. Um, and my offer is always the same, right? I'll have coffee, a Zoom or meet with anyone. So love to connect with you as well. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on today. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Devin. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it.